0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: The other thing, another. Wow,
0: your cats are really. Dude, bad. give me a second here. Dude, Chester.
1: My bookie presents Shake Them Ropes. Use code Ropes get double your deposit up to one thousand dollars. Also, we're sponsored this week by Keeps. More about both later. Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino, uh, Chris, you are a guitar guy. We are a guitar guy. What did that
0: call yeah, a, a lot of people they call me a guitar guy.
1: Uh, we're, we're both kind of music nerds here. So uh, death of a guitar icon. Eddie Van Halen passing away from cancer. I am... I'm a fan of both the David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar incarnations of of, of Van Halen. Where I sour on Van Halen is just knowing all the band uh, inter arguments. And I always thought Mike Anthony was done dirty by the Van Halen brothers to get Wolfgang into the band. Uh, but... You can't deny Eddie Van Halen is a damn trailblazer on the guitar.
0: Yeah, well, trailblazer, I think it is just kind of scratching the tip of the iceberg. I've been trying to put him into context this week ever since his passing. And (laughs) what I've arrived at when you really think about where Eddie Van Halen's legacy lands in terms of the history of guitar playing is he is like... The Vince Carter post Michael Jordan, um, or even the LeBron James post Michael Jordan, uh, to the Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix being the Michael Jordan here of guitar, uh, totally different game, but an important figure in his own right on the same level as Jimi Hendrix because of new and different techniques that he was introducing. Lots of whammy bar stuff, which obviously was a signature part of Hendrix's playing, but. Uh, What Eddie was doing was really taking that to a completely different level. And in addition to that, obviously, two-finger tapping, which he didn't invent. um, And he kind of introduced to American rock music at around the same time as Frank Zappa. But everyone associates two-finger tapping with Eddie Van Halen. And every guitar player I've ever seen who is doing two-finger tapping when they get the guitar, um, they do... Eddie Van Halen's solo is like Eruption, and they don't play stuff from Zappa. No knock on Zappa here, but Eddie is the guy who put it on the map for people. Um, it, is he Eddie the pioneered- one who always
1: turned his back so he couldn't see his technique?
0: No, he didn't turn his back like that, no. Okay. I, th- um, I, I thought I remember oh, hearing golly, story about I, I, that. I know who you're referring to, but it's definitely, it's not Eddie. Eddie was, Eddie's freewheeling. You know, he's like throwing up kicks and stuff. You know, His whole thing was a looseness, both on the stage, but also in his playing. And like, that's the other thing I, I've been kind of thinking about in terms of his legacy is you have a thousand imitations of Eddie Van mm-hmm. Halen all through the 1980s. All, right? all, the, Everyone, hair bands,
1: all the hair bands were, every were Eddie Van one. Halen. Yeah. Tremolo it.
0: picking wow, whammy bar sort of dives and stuff, but they never had the looseness and the freewheeling and flowing water like nature of Eddie's playing. Really um, my favorite. Like, he
1: gets to make it sound like a person as
0: well. And oh yeah. Was he, was, something he, was he was loose. Was he had at. feel yeah. man. Yeah. Like, listen to uh sinner's swing, which is probably my favorite uh, cut of his in terms of riffing. It's got a great solo, but it's, it's got the shuffle thing going. It's a it's a swung heavy riff. And it is kind of so devilishly tricky to pull off in a way that the n- no knock on James Hetfield, being able to go chugga, 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 chugga really fast mm-hmm. is an art in and of itself. But Van Halen just brought so many different things to the table. And then here's the other thing, too, dude. So I'm teaching lessons this week, um, and I'm teaching some of my students how to use their amps. You know, they've got their first amps. Well, one of the amps, uh, the Boss Katana, actually has a setting called Brown on it, which is modeled after Eddie Van Halen's tone that he was getting out of amplifiers in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, Mm. the Brown tone. Um, Yeah, like that's how big... Uh, And how kind of influential he was. Um, And the last point I have on this is in terms of guitar making. Um, We think of him as a guitar player. Uh, He is important in terms of guitar sound, uh, bringing in effects like flangers and phasers into the mix um, all over the place, really changing sound. But he was also a, a really good builder. Of instruments, And he made the Frankenstrat, the kind of parts caster, taking different parts of different instruments and putting them together and trying different combinations and stuff. He made that cool to do, and he was also very good at doing it. And a lot of guitar makers took note. So, like, no, we, like, lost a real legend this week at the age of 65. And I know you feel like Mike Anthony was done dirty by Eddie Van Hill. I'm not arguing that. I just, like, the thing that I've been really touched by in kind of, like, thinking about Eddie this week is how committed both Eddie and Valerie are to their son Wolfgang. And, and, like, how the love just oozes. I mean, Eddie's signature model of guitar that he made, the first one, named it Wolfgang. He named it after his son. It's not the Eddie Van Halen signature edition. It's called the Wolfgang, after his son. Like, that's... Some powerful stuff, dude. Uh, it, not perfect, dude, by any stretch, but uh, love for his son is pure and true and a hell of a musician. One hell of a musician.
1: Get a little personal one for me. Uh, RIP to one-hit wonder Johnny Nash, who got a hit. I, For some reason, I was raised on AM Gold radio on long car trips up and down the East Coast because we didn't fly because I was a luxury at the time. Air, air air travel's much cheaper now than it was back when I was a kid. Uh, uh Speaking in terms of, you know, today's dollars and, and things like that, but uh, Johnny Nash, singer of the Jimmy Cliff song, I Can See Clearly Now, that is my macaroni and cheese comfort food song. If I feel bad, if I feel down, if I'm trying to feel good about myself or whatever, I put that thing on, just makes me smile. I know, it's weird, but uh, it, it hit me kind of hard. It's weird when... When just random deaths kind of hit you hard, like some character actor dies. He goes, oh, man, I like that guy a lot.
0: I can totally see you throwing up your hands during the bridge where they're like, it's nothing but blue sky.
1: I love the synth in that. I love the synth in that version as opposed to like the Jimmy Cliff when when he decided to, to come out with like that remake for the Cool Running soundtrack. It's a little too... It was, it was a little too I, I, I don't know the, the words for it. There wasn't as much I mean, it was it felt very bland in terms of soul, which is very weird, but yeah, I, I, love, I love the song. I'm, I'm not gonna hey, teach their own. So Chris, draft talk. Two thousand twenty winners, losers called now. One eight hundred Rob Sucks. That's one eight hundred Rob Sucks. Who did well? Who did poorly? Who are we gonna have to wait a few years before seeing the br-
0: <laughs> I gotta tell you, Jeff, this draft really shook things up. I uh, of course who could forget what happened in the first round. Obviously, in the third round, big things happened. And then the one thing I do remember is the fourth round broke up the new day.
1: <laughs> can, we, can they trade down to get more picks later yeah that that's the big story coming out of this year who
0: is even making these choices for raw and smackdown this year they've really just slapped this there's thing no together. cletus
1: the robot there's no um
0: there's no boardroom there's, of really excited execs from the different networks this time around yes. it's it might be because even
1: they weren't having this crap this year <laughs> we're not doing any of the shots we're not gonna help plug this thing
0: You've seen the Star Trek episode, The Gamesters of Triskelion, right? Where there's the three robots that what are, are you gambling. Hold on. What on- are you
1: doing to me? Have I seen the Star Trek?
0: No, I haven't. You like the original series. No,
1: I don't. I- I like Star Trek. Why
0: why do you do do this to me? I like Wrath of
1: Khan. You're being horrible
0: to me right now. Please explain this. This is literally aggression. (laughs) This is literally aggression, is what this is.
1: Please explain this Star Trek episode.
0: Look, they land on a planet, and there are three robots that are betting on the fates of Kirk and the the crew of the Starship Enterprise, which is engaged in a five year mission of friendly exploration. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it, it, whatever. Move on. It's fine. No, we've it's done
1: fine. this for 15 years, and they've never really done any creativity other than coming out and and announcing names, and maybe occasionally a trade, but the trades don't matter. And
0: and, and they can always just disregard this within a number of weeks they will, if they want. And they will. It's,
1: because it's Survivor Series build, and it's the one time a year People of one brand can fight people of another
0: brand. But that's not even true either because Night of Champions is also that. And so yeah. is WrestleMania. Yeah. And so is SummerSlam. Like The brand split has been dumb not because the idea of having two separate brands is dumb in and of itself but because there is absolutely no narrative discipline and and I think the thing that is maddening to me about the draft stuff is you have an entire year to plan out how you want to reset oh, 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 things.
1: Let me let me stop you there, sir. We don't even plan the show for a whole week before ripping it up two hours before airtime. No, I
0: know. I know. But like, this is actually the magic reset button, like the page one rewrite, <laughs> and you can do it every single year. You can shake up things. You can stop angles that aren't working. You mm-hmm. can get some angles that are really hot. Like This could be a very useful narrative device for the show when it is floundering going into ratings week and instead it is used as this like weird pop of like wouldn't you like to see all these wrestlers get drafted like not really because like raw and smackdown aren't teams no one views them as teams they just view them as two shows made by the same company
1: yes there's there's no difference in theme or presentation or anything to differentiate them ergo when they do colored t-shirt wars it doesn't mean as much And there aren't Raw fans and SmackDown fans. I mean, look, I'm hopeful for maybe Naomi getting some more matches on Raw because it's three hours, but she's in the same position. Strictly on the mid-card. I like Bianca Belair coming over to SmackDown and having matches with Lacey Evans and Sasha Banks. I'm here for that. But, you know, but why put, see, here comes the plan. Why put the vignettes on Raw if you're just going to draft her over to SmackDown?
0: I mean, that's just revealing that there is no long-term plan. That's the only only way you could kind of explain that.
1: All right, let's get to the news. WWE announced that Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool Sports, has been elected to the company's board of directors. Nardini was the first CEO of Barstool Sports in 2016, and through that appointment, she has launched more than 35 brands in sports, entertainment, female lifestyle, business, and sports betting. I like this move, Chris. I know that... uh, Brandon Thurston over on Russell will probably talk a little bit about this, but um, why do you like
0: this move? I'll, I'll tell I, I, I'm agnostic on it. Tell me.
1: I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. A lot of people don't like barstool sports. I get it. Dave Portnoy can be abrasive. A lot of their dude bro shows are a little bit, you know, sexist or or what have you. It's crude humor. It's jock humor. It's what it's what Colin Cowherd wants to be. There's a way. bit of,
0: like, uh, the man show energy going on from what I've seen.
1: But in the past, WWE has been calling to their board of directors from the business world and, you know, Etsy. And yes, they're good at branding and they're good at marketing, but they really haven't had input into popular culture or sports culture. Or, I mean, they'll hire the occasional person from ESPN or somebody worked with a volleyball league or whatever. But this is really the first kind of hire in a long time for me. Now, now she's only on the board of directors. She's not running the show or anything, but she does have say. And she has knowledge of building a popular sports brand that is currently popular, not popular 20 years ago, but currently popular with the ever- Ever wanted 18 to 39 year old male demographic?
0: I know, I know what they call that. I know what they call that. What do they call that? They call it the demo. (laughs) Uh I almost Uh
1: electrocuted myself. Thank you for that, Chris. Thank you for that insight, Chris. Novembrino. on top of things, but yeah, no, I
0: am electric. It's true.
1: I mean, she knows marketing and sports, and she knows sports culture so if they go to her for advice i think it's a great idea now she could just be (laughs) this could just be a ceremonial position where she's just making money off of stock and you know that's fine too i will never knock the hustle but overall i kind of like this this hire all
0: right Uh, i mean i i think look anytime they could get some people who are younger who are a little bit more connected to that where too. culture she's yeah culture is today I, I <laughs> think that's a big it's a benefit no I, I think I, it's a good thing um so no I I, we'll, I mean we'll see what happens and we'll see how much say so she has I don't want to like I I, I feel as though a take of oh this is going to be a game changer is probably oh, just no, no, the no, wrong no. take yeah, yeah, yeah i'm, yeah, not, I'm but, not going but, that
1: far but she's, no, no, y- no, I, I wasn't she's younger you than were. half the people drafted tonight so
0: no but but i do think it's good for her to at least you know be able to offer some insight and hopefully they'll listen i mean we'll just see
1: in the law and order docket former wwe and impact wrestling star alberto del rio has been indicted on one count of aggravated kidnapping and four counts of sexual assault Stay off drugs kids (laughs) that's i mean i got nothing else other to say other than it's been a pattern
0: yeah no i I mean this is who alberto del rio is man um or uh what alberto patron Uh, this is who alberto is this is what he does um and it's uh i was gonna say it's unfortunate but like I liked him when he was in WWE. I, I, I wouldn't say I ever reached, you know, like deep love. I have seen him have like very good matches, um very good to upwards of great matches. Oh, you uh, have? Because
1: I haven't. I've 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 only seen like one match that really blew my socks off. Everything else was pattern. I
0: I feel as though I saw one or two in Lucha Underground that I really liked.
1: Okay, yeah. I could yeah. Say, yeah Lucha Underground, you had to try.
0: Yes. Right. No, so, I mean, like, I, I in WWE, I, I can't say that I was in love with him or anything like that, but, uh, yeah. No, I, I've seen him have a few good matches, but he's never been my jam. Current um,
1: jurisprudence, Candy Cartwright is suing Matt Riddle, WWE, Evolve, and Gabe Sapolsky for $10 million per defendant in a sexual assault lawsuit.
0: Oh, my God, this angle on SmackDown with Jeff Hardy, the guy who is in rehab. Matt Riddle, the guy who's got this going on, and Lars Sullivan, and they're I'm... talking,
1: and they're talking about Miz going to court. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, he ain't the only one in this match going to court, kids.
0: Yeah, no, no joke on that.
1: Uh, we'll get to Lars in a moment. Uh,
0: uh, they it, call him the freak, by the way.
1: He's a freaking freak
0: who yeah, freaking freaks this,
1: all freak the place. <laughs>
0: Has someone counted how many times Michael Cole said "freak" during that segment? Because it must have been upwards of fifty.
1: I mean, he smurfed smurfed on the smurf and smurf, the the smurf 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 smurf.
0: This guy's a freak, man. That, th- this freaking freak's a freak,
1: <laughs> and he's freaking his way through the friggin' match. <laughs> Just, oh, oh, what a freak! <laughs> what a friggin' freak! Uh, glow canceled. Long time Shake Them Ropes listeners know that we reviewed the first season of Glow and then we stopped in the second season when Rob quit. So <laughs> so I, I blame us for their cancellation. I'm taking that bullet.
0: I think it's too bad because I do think that there's an audience for this show, but I think, you know, like, look, uh, companies have production constraints because of the pandemic. Um, and, you know, there are just shows that, if they're right on the margin, right now you kind of end up on the wrong side of the margin.
1: Well, here's here's the tragedy of this, because I actually watched uh, the, the show in its entirety. Season three was all table setting for season four, which would have been the final season. And oh, so man. it was basically nothing but setting things up for the next year. That's all it was. And now they can't pay it off.
0: Oh, man, that that is lame. Let's uh. go to the
1: injury report a bit. Uh, the big one, Ridge Holland, suffering a left ankle dislocation and fracture and a right knee patellar dislocation and patellar tendon rupture. Going to be out for a while. Happened on that dive on the outside during the beatdown of Birch and Lorkin, where he had to catch somebody. I hate that people have to catch people on the fly a lot because these things happen if you're not used to it. Rich Holland used to lifting heavy things, not necessarily
0: catching Catching heavy heavy things, things, which is
1: a totally different ball game. Kind of puts the main event angle from takeover on the, uh, on the shelf for a while and really uh, right at the moment where he's going to get a a heavyweight push.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate Uh, and it does. It puts the angle involving Adam Cole And Ridge Holland out for a while. Ridge Holland making his way against Finn Balor. Uh, Like, there's just a lot of fun stuff that Ridge Holland was primed to do. And I think a lot of what's supposed to happen with the Undisputed Era is running through the Ridge Holland Mm -hmm. intersection here. So it's going to be tricky for them to rewrite this angle I think the answer is, right now, given that they have to do a pretty big rewrite and they have to be thinking about this, go back to Kyle O'Reilly. I think there's still tread on the tires.
1: I would agree. Uh, Some of the lesser injuries this week, although not necessarily on one of them, now that I read it. Angel Garza, who was drafted tonight, uh, has a slight quad tear. The Lethal
0: Lothario.
1: Yes. That's a great name. It's just...
0: Then they say Lothario five times.
1: Lothario, Lothario. Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah. And
0: that's, he uh, is Lotharific.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then they just beat it into the ground a while instead of really characterizing him. And then Mickey James uh, suffering a broken nose. Uh, she's bad. She'll come back. Uh, bad ass as ever. Hopefully this doesn't... Boy, she... <laughs> I really
0: dig Mickey James. I love man. her,
1: and she has not gotten her due on this last veteran run because they've just been talking about how old she is, and then cutting off her matches way too quick.
0: That's kind of the story of her whole career, though, right? Like it's like never actually seeing what they've had in Mickey yes. James this whole time down. Uh, you know, whether it's the early phase, uh, the aughts, or what's happening now in the second run. I yeah, no, I I think she's a badass dude, uh, and I would love her to be able to work longer matches because she can work longer matches. And and there are people on that roster, Nijaks who are maybe not as good at carrying long lengths of matches and Mickey James could lead to better matches.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I, and I, I would have loved her in something like NXT, but, um,
0: yes. Well, you know, she'll get back relatively quickly though. I imagine.
1: Take a moment here to give a shout out to our other sponsor keeps a big fan of theirs. And it's not because I can use their product. I can't. I've lost all my hair. It's gone. Uh, but had I been of the age, my early 20s, late teens, when I started losing my hair, this is what I had dreamed of. And I'm not saying that you know, snarkly or anything. I started losing my hair when I was 18, just out of high school, going to college, hoping to meet a girl, and being all self-conscious. And it sucked. I tried using the topical solution. It was still in its weak, weaker state at the time. It was still only by prescription. When I moved out to L.A. at about age 23, they had finally started um, the other medication that's been proven to keep hair. But I had to order it through shady means, and I had to do my own pill cutting, and the dosages were probably off. And then eventually... It got too expensive, and I couldn't afford it, and then all my hair fell out anyways. And now I'm the bald, beautiful man you see before you, but I always think what would have happened if I could have kept my hair, and that's where Keeps come in. You know, two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Don't have to go to a doctor's office anymore. Thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. You deliver it every three months, so you have a supply of it there for to use. And it offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Now look, guys, if you're going to do this, it's going to take some time. You're going to need to do about four to six months to see results. So it's important to act fast, and the sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month, and for a limited time, if you use our code, you can get your first month free. That code is SHAKEROPES. If you go to keeps.com slash SHAKEROPES, they will give you your first shipment for free. That's keep scom SHAKEROPES. Look, guys, trust me. Once again, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com SHAKEROPES. Receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot slash Shake And we thank Keeps for sponsoring Shake Them Ropes this week. Okay, post-mortem NXT TakeOver. Big stories coming out of that. Uh, on our picks, the power couple did not end up getting either belt. <laughs> that said, Johnny Gargano is the best heel in wrestling right now. I love him. I lo- in terms of comedy and things like that, I love them.
0: I, look, Candace and Johnny has not always worked. And um, the at Candace and Johnny's house stuff does not always work. But I got to tell you, Indy Hartwell is a very unexpected jolt of serious energy into the Johnny-Candace dynamic in a way that I did not see coming at all. And I think is really fun. And uh, this TakeOver show, um, I mean... We've talked about this for years now. Uh, It's nice to see that NXT still has the ability to deliver a really good show with what appears to be kind of a weak card on the face value. Um, And This show was really fun.
1: Yeah, I I thought so too. I I loved Gargano's reaction to Io Shirai's kickout after the belt shot. That was just fantastic. I I, I was afraid that the Undisputed Era would come in for more chicanery because two matches with chicanery... Is, is too much usually for NXT takeovers. Um, but that, uh, that Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly match was, uh, was a manly manly match with broken jaws and punches to the mouth that connected. Uh, yeah, that I is my that
0: WWE while. match of the year contender. Yeah, dude, I can't think of a better WWE match off the top of my head.
1: They went home a little early. Um, yeah, but it I was, really was so liked
0: it. aggressive though. Yeah. I mean like there was just there was very little wasted motion. Um there was two counts without near falls, which is different. Near falls are where they they hit a finishing move and someone kicked out. It's like, oh, WWE crutches on that so much. Um two counts are where you just hit a big move and it's one, two, not two and a half, not two and or two and uh um, two and three quarters like just straight to like th- they did a really nice job working it like the liver kick the liver kick makes tons of sense to set up the coup de gras really solid story Kyle O'Reilly is an awesome baby face love his fire love his um, selling as well and Finn Bauer is really good when he's being intense uh, I just I really dug this match dude uh, I, there was no wasted motion
1: we got some returns. I did not like the way they did these returns because they did them one right after the other, but the NXT women's division, super strong now, in my opinion, with the return of Ember Moon, which is a little shocking because I thought she was done. And then Tony Storm's coming in as well. Uh, I would have done one before the match and one after the match to space them out, but I, I get... Their thinking is, look at the division, and now Io Shirai is the hunted. Um, Ember Moon should still be on the main roster and should be a huge star to the fans just because of the finisher. If the RKO out of nowhere is a huge move that pops a crowd huge, the Eclipse, that thing, and the one she hit on Dakota Kai on Wednesday... It's such a fantastic move.
0: No, she's awesome, man. I, I really like Ember Mood. Um, I have been hopeful that WWE would see more in her, but I I mean, the one thing I will say is that I think NXT is probably going to do a better job utilizing her than she was ever being utilized on the main roster. And The main roster presentation of a lot of female talents outside of Bailey and Sasha is still, and Asuka is pretty shaky.
1: And even those those took a while to get going. Yes. I mean, it, it's not like with a lot of false starts. Oh God, yes. I mean, other than Charlotte, they really haven't nailed it on on anyone. Uh, I mean, gosh, Shayna Baszler's biting women's necks. Yeah,
0: it's just. Oh yeah, I forgot about Shayna Vampire Hunter.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things. But uh, I am looking forward to a lot of these matches. What do you think of the uh, refurbished Kushida?
0: I like the refurbished Kushida. Boy Velveteen Dream screams a lot, doesn't he? Um, I, he has I think,
1: gotten worse.
0: Yeah, no, it's that, that I, I I agree with you.
1: I hate I, to say that, but because I mean no, remember we were I've been we were waiting on a on him. curve when he was in there with Gargano and Ciampa all those times. He yeah, he is really the he is really putting on thick the uh what I like to put call the uh, the Ric Flair cell. <laughs> oh, God! Ah! Oh! oh God! Ah!
0: Yeah. Uh, Flair, when you turn the figure four on him, and it's like he's dying and yet never in his career has he tapped out from having the figure four reversed on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, Dream does seem checked out in terms of kind of advancing as a talent, and he was not there. And um, I'm kind of
1: mad they brought him back on Wednesday to attack Kashida and, and Ciampa during that match.
0: I agree. Because I thought
1: the Uh, sell on Sunday was great. And put him out for a while. Get him a sling or something. Have him sell it, make it an angle. But for him to just come back the next Wednesday just because he didn't want to beat either of those guys, I absolutely loathe that.
0: No, I I agree with you. I I think it's actually... Imperative that Velveteen Dream <laughs> comes back, and he's using a weapon because his shoulder is completely useless, or something like that, on Kushida. But even then, you get like the, the babyface sympathy almost on him. But I, I no, I'm with you. What the angle was at the pay per view should have been a write off of Velveteen Dream for several weeks uh, because the whole point is to show that Kushida's Kushida's moves are now so powerful that they can put somebody out. So kind of the flip of this, if you think about it is, what does it say about Kushida's moves that he was making Velveteen Dreams squeal and holler and then Velveteen Dreams back like three days later? But they're talking about oh, how vicious he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's vicious and he's aggressive, but he doesn't really hurt people. So He's yeah. kind of weak.
1: Yeah, I, I I was disappointed in that. Um, having Halloween Havoc coming up in a couple of weeks, that's... uh some interesting branding from the, uh, from the, we're not going to let Cody use his dad's old trademarks um, (laughs) side of things. But uh, we had some returns in the WWE with the draft, Uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston pick up the SmackDown tag titles and then promptly get shipped to raw, which means the street profits will probably be coming to SmackDown. And then, as you said before, Lars Sullivan, the freaking freak who freaks a lot back
0: it was freaky it
1: was an inauspicious debut to say the least
0: uh, well they've ruined his pretty good theme song uh and Wait, was that
1: cfo because all cfo themes must die
0: is that is that what's happening i think, I think
1: that's what what's happened here and i'm uh, they, they still have a couple that they have to get rid of but i don't think they can because they're just too good like for example oscars
0: yes you can't right. get rid of oscars
1: they are nope. you crazy fool
0: no, that'd be crazy. That'd yeah. be absolutely crazy. Also, I I have fear of what the replacement would be. And like Nakamura is also a CFO, and I not. It would
1: be the Orient that. Express theme.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> the let's, old let's WCW production music for like oh, yeah. Ultimo Dragon or something. <laughs>
1: sure. Yeah. Why not?
0: Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Eugenia uh, oh, theme. Oh, you
1: know what yeah. we're getting, Chris. What we're, we're gonna get tag team matches with Lars Sullivan and Baron Corbin.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to like each other because you see they're both athletes. Um and they're both winners. Uh oh god. Oh, it's uh,
1: going to be it's going to be interminable. Is what it's going to be. I Yeah, I I get I, it.
0: I mean, but like Baron Corbin, okay. I don't when we're talking about why this is interminable, I just I want it to be clear. It's not cuz Baron Corbin's a horrible person or anything no. like that. It, it it's just like his matches you won't talk the about scripting formula of those
1: promos is going to be the most dreadful thing about yes
0: this. his you know his, dr-
1: his little crown and his yes. scepter talking to the freaking freak who freaks a lot
0: yeah <laughs> I, I don't know if we're going to get smart Lars soul eden again too if he's going to be a brain freak as well with the super brain who brains really hard with the super freaky brain um, I, and, and if we get that, then he'll be like, I'm very smart, Baron Cor or King Corbin. And Corbin's like, yes, I am royalty. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be great. I want the
1: Nick Bockwinkle freak. I'm, I'm uh, here for that. I he mean, wasn't that
0: was... good as that, though, and he wasn't, no, he wasn't Nick Bockwinkle when he was doing that. And, yeah, and then, of course, true. on the other side of the aisle here, we have uh, the fabulous Matt Riddle and then also <laughs> Jeff Hardy, who makes up words.
1: Oh, Matt Riddle's going to be the first guy to lose to this freak one-on-one.
0: This freaking freak,
1: the freaking freak who freaks, what? Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, no, I mean, I think Jeff Hardy is going to be the first one to lose to the freaking freak. Oh
1: no, 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 no! Ha- Riddle has to lose because Hardy's the star.
0: <laughs> this this kid, this Jeff Hardy, he's got a lot of tread left he's on his good tires. He's a yeah, young so up and friend. comer. Yeah, young with, with up and comer. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like Carlos Coloma entered the uh, Royal Rumble in nineteen ninety two or whatever.
1: Oh, you know what? I can't wait for. I can't wait for the four-way promo between the freaking freak who freaks a lot, Baron Corbin in yep. his king outfit, yep, and the Mysterio family.
0: Oh. Because they got
1: drafted to SmackDown as well. And that is going to be some community theater for the ages. That is going to be that is going to be cable access theater right there.
0: King Corbin, the era of your tyranny (laughs) is about to come to an end. I am looking
1: forward to this. (laughs) I just, I I can't. And Seth Rollins is going to be involved in it.
0: Rey Mysterio, you may think that you're a legend, but you're not going to be a legend after tonight. Seth Rollins. (laughs) No, it's going to be like a bad episode of Batman.
1: Wait, okay, he's the Monday Night Messiah.
0: On Fridays,
1: is is he gonna be like the Friday? They're not gonna do like like they can't like Friday Night Pharaoh, which would be kind of cool to be honest with you. Now that I think about, but he's just gonna be the Friday Night Messiah now, right? They're just gonna go plain on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's just gonna be Friday Night Messiah.
1: Oh, Chris, I I, I have some breaking news here.
0: Breaking news!
1: Um, in the voices of wrestling draft, you've been drafted to music of the mat.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, so what does that mean for pa- for the brands? Pack your
1: crap and get out. Oh,
0: <laughs> is, is, is did you get anything back in this draft? How does uh, this work?
1: I think I I think I get uh, I think I get one of Joe Lanza's stepkids. I think that's what I get in the deal. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh boy. Uh, so am well, happy for you. Draft night one. It's Not joking. <laughs> draft night one done. Most of the people who moved were already moved, such as Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Um, Again, Naomi might get some more screen time. AJ Styles moved back to Raw so he could watch his kids' football games on Friday. Now that Paul Heyman's not there anymore. You know, we'll see what happens. It's just rearranging the mid-card, and that's all it ever is.
0: Yeah, I just... It's hard to have real thoughts about a draft when you know that they could change this at any point and will change this in the not-so-distant future.
1: For the future, we did get a third Hell in a Cell match as Sasha Banks allegedly has uh, power of attorney to make matches. Uh, We're going to get Aunt Pam and Sasha as as the third match because uh, Roman and Jay are an I Quit match.
0: A hell in the cell, I Jay, quit match.
1: Jay smiling throughout that promo. What? Stop that.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks or- like they or- put together some sort of uh, episode of, uh, oh, God, what's uh, their show called? Like, the WWE Network show. They did, like, uh, the biography, kayfabe biography thing. Uh, oh, like
1: the 24 hours? Or yeah, 24
0: or whatever. Like, they did that for Jay Uso. The day of... Yeah, and that seems to be kind of the notes that we'd like them to hit, but on SmackDown itself, what's in actual canon, I mean yeah, Jay Uso still comes off as like a twit, uh, who doesn't get the gravity of fighting your kin in an I quit match. In hell. <laughs> yes, particularly once Roman says, I'm going to punish you after you quit. That the match itself and me getting you to the point of submission is not going to be the punishment. After you get punished to that point, there will be more punishment.
1: That said, Roman's promo, pretty damn good.
0: Oh no, it's I fantastic. Wa-
1: I want you to call your shot because I liked your idea of how the of of what happens in this match.
0: So I think at some point Jimmy comes down. He tries to help out Jay because Jay's in trouble. And Roman grabs Jimmy and starts hurting Jimmy, who is still, I think, is he real life injured or kayfabe injured? Real life I mean, injured. He's, he's real life injured, but he's also you know doing a kayfabe injured. And Roman will threaten to injure Jimmy further, um, and that will be the thing that makes Jay quit. I like um, that idea because it, yeah. it's
1: it's the reverse of what happened at Night of Champions or Clash of Champions. yes yeah yes and
0: and and this whole match is not really about breaking jay's body it's about breaking his spirit
1: and of course the third hell in the cell is randy orton and drew mcintyre okay (laughs) that randy promo didn't do anything for me i gotta be honest with you i yeah it it's it's they're gonna keep building this concut these concussion angles, which I I'm just I'm uncomfortable. I
0: yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't like the concussion angles. I I, and I agree with you. I, I think look, it it's just it's too serious of a thing that happens to people. Um, and I also think to your point, uh, it it kind of let's remember when Jeff Hardy fell off the ladder in like a ridiculous way a couple of weeks ago. I, I think when you play light on concussion angles, it makes real injury angles and stuff also seem lighter too. And, Chris, and I, do you
1: remember bad. when Ray Mysterio was thrown off a building during money in the bank?
0: He was <laughs> fine, dude, because you see, there's a net on the floor there's a right, below and,
1: right below. Building yeah, yeah, right below that. Yeah.
0: On. He just landed on the net. Seth Rollins, you tried to kill me, but I landed on the net one floor below and now I'm back this week.
1: <laughs> Your Rey Mysterio is so good. I love it. Um, Oh, and that said, Otis jurisprudence reading words out of a book continuance, which I appreciated because that's the that's the WWE move in their their trials as well. But uh, it appears that the Miz Angle will uh, will have to wait.
0: Yeah, uh, you know <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking stuff. It is. Oh yeah, I just I, it was on pins and needles with this one.
1: They're getting they're getting this. Money in the bank contract off of him one way or
0: another. Yes, no, they're just trying to figure out a way to get this off of Otis. But no, they they took Mandy away from him. They've lost all interest in Otis. I I can't decide if they're turning Tucker or not, but I don't think they're interested in Tucker. I'm here for
1: Otis as the biblical Job. (laughs) <laughs> yes.
0: No, I, I would love him to get just endlessly punished because um, that's actually a great way to build babyface sympathy on this guy. Um, you know, when he finally has his like just rage, um, you know, that, that's the thing that we as a viewer can get really behind. But um, no, it's I just think the way this is going right now is Tucker and Otis are the they've lost their new car smell. And uh, we're now just trying to demobilize them.
1: I wouldn't be shocked if Tucker gets drafted to raw
0: oh and we break <laughs> that would be bad for both of them i'd say
1: i would agree but uh i wouldn't be surprised
0: that's no. what I'm
1: let's give a shout out to our other sponsor this week my bookie guys the playoffs are on watched some playoff baseball last night i'm not a big baseball guy but i do love me some playoff baseball it means it's one thing it's winning season nba finals are on right now uh chris give me a score Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more at my bookie. Winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet those NBA playoffs if they continue after tonight. Some Major League Baseball, some UFC, politics, whatever. The craziest sports fall of your lifetime is here. Bet on football while it's still going before they cancel all the games. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets or you can bet the games in real time with myBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code Ropes and double your first deposit. New players get up. <laughs> nude players. New players get up to one thousand dollars in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Nude players would probably add even more excitement, to be honest with you. But thousands of cross sports wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at myBookie. Once again, use that code Ropes. And double your deposit. What's the score?
0: The score is currently 96 to 97. Lakers in the lead with six Ooh. minutes, 18 seconds to go.
1: Ooh, the heat were big for a while there. Okay. Uh, so Chris can do some live betting with uh, my bookie as we continue. Chris, I have, I have decided in this political season that I would like to start a campaign. And, and I have found my issue after watching both NXT UK and AEW and NXT and Raw and SmackDown, that is to make squash matches dominant again. I am done with the 50-50 squash. I want to see guys kill dudes, and that's it. I don't want to see babyface fire out of my guys who are probably not going to get pushed for a while. I just want to see bad men do bad things to pasty guys or small guys. That's all I want out of a squash match. And I can't get it, Chris. I can't uh, get it. The two
0: biggest offenders to me are on AEW dynamite and NXT UK though. They, they just love the overly long squash match.
1: Yes. And I don't understand. Jack stars is there to die for my entertainment.
0: And yes. Have, and, and uh, the unless weak- you are pushing him in the immediate and you, you know, like you've got a clear thing to do with him. This guy it is here to lose right now.
1: Unless you're building the story of the kid who keeps getting close and then finally wins. I don't want to see him coming close. I don't want to see him getting heat on uh, on on Saxton Huxley after Huxley had that manly rebirth against Walter Smackin. Oh, but but
0: let's let's talk about whatever the hell it is that Saxon Huxley was doing throughout that match. I will not Oof. call
1: him. I will not call Oof. him by the derivative. I will not. Oof. He's he's doing Brody. He's yeah. doing Brody, and I'm. You know what? I or or John Nord, if you want to go that far. But they're trying something with him, and it's far better than the book gimmick. And it's, no, it's that- better
0: than the book. Uh, it's not Joseph Connors. I was about to say he's doing I Am Worth. That's Joseph Connors, and Connors is still doing that. No, he's a uh,
1: brute. He's a brute, and that's what they're going to go with now, the, that he's gone full brute. Here's my
0: other problem, though, with the Saxon Huxley as a brute thing. is it? This only really works if he's having matches against guys the size of Jack Stars every week, and there's not enough Jack Stars in this division other than, like, Flash Morgan Webster and uh, Mark Andrews.
1: Well, that and also waiting for the bell to start a match. I just want him to come in and start killing the guy.
0: Don't but get- <laughs> as he moves up the card, I, the Saxon Huxley as big brute, I think it just kind of, like, when he gets in against Pete Dunne, I don't think it's going to have the same panache.
1: Well, there was the one on NXT also with uh, Ruff, who,
0: <laughs>
1: God love him. He tried to do that acrobatic stuff before getting killed.
0: I I think they see something sort of with Ruff.
1: That's fine. Keep him off TV then. I don't want to But see I him get I, I will
0: also say yeah. No, I I want him there when they're ready. Um he also reminds me a lot of Leo Rush, but I think I like Leo Rush's act a little bit more.
1: Yes. I think Leo Rush has a lot more polish. Yeah. Than, than Ruff and that's fine. It's a learning process. I get that, but I don't want to see Ruff losing week after week after week and then then like uh Tahuti Miles getting, you know, a new name, but we all know, Hey, it's that guy that's been losing week after week that we've been seeing. It's just now he has a new name. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all I asked for. I, I cannot I,
0: remember his new name right now. Something I remember the Adonis. to be miles more. Yeah. Adonis. That's right.
1: Yeah. And, and I liked that promo during, uh, that's the, Oh, that's the thing we forgot in our takeover. I liked, I loved, 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 loved the get up of, um, uh, Santos Escobar coming out.
0: Yeah. His, no, his it's, it's,
1: entrance gear with, with yeah. the sombrero and the mask. He, he just looked like a damn star to me. And I love that. And I love the match with Swerve Scott. I thought that was a great, great match.
0: Escobar. I'd like, I've been a huge fan of him since he was in Lucha Underground. I don't like love the legato, uh, Del Fantasma, but I, I, no, am I don't awful. like him
1: having flunkies. and I don't like the interference all the time. Yes.
0: Yes. It's, it's like a watered-down version of a Lucha Underground faction.
1: Yeah, and, I, I would and, agree. Yeah. Or, or just any faction. Like, WWE does their factions so poorly because it's always a couple of red shirts that are supposed to get the rub and the star.
0: All that Escobar needs to be right now is Man of a Thousand Holds Dean Malenko in yeah. WCW. Just yeah. winning and being a heel, but like not being necessarily like a over-the-top heel. Just winning and not ever playing to the fans and always going against baby faces. And he's always the guy you want to see lose. And he's always the guy who wins frustratingly.
1: Yeah. The, Ad- the Adonis promo though was pretty good uh, after that. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm here for them building new guys. I, I just hope, you know, they, they do right by them. Uh, we were talking squash matches, but I uh, don't want to go into that again. Uh, what, what do you think of this Killian Dane Drake Maverick thing?
0: Oh, God, I mean, you love the theme song. Drake Maverick is just a fun, likable guy. Killian Dane, similarly, a fun, likable guy. Can't wait to see what adventures and journeys and friendships get formed along the way here between Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. And uh, yeah, good vibes.
1: Gonna leave that because that's awesome. Uh, Okay, here's my other soapbox for 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 the week. AEW. Anybody who's in AEW, anybody who knows... Any, I know somebody in AEW. I could pass this along to him. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if you're going to build your brand on being the non-WWE, then you gotta do the things that WWE does poorly well as opposed to parodying them. What am I talking about? Well, let's take a look at a couple of things from this week. The young Bucks watching the TV in the most ridiculous angle ever. I get it. I get that you wanna mock WWE here, but here's what this does. If you're not doing it the correct way, it does not give you the leeway when you do something stupid, which W which they have done.
0: Remember which they Brandy do at the tail end of that show.
1: Yeah. It doesn't give you it doesn't give you the excuse or or the it doesn't give you the capital to then when you have to go into camp, which pro wrestling has to do from time to time, it doesn't give you the forgiveness anymore is what it does. It, it, it just, it like that, the, the ending angle, which was just straight out of festival of friendship. And I get they're doing the comment, it, you know, the homage to it. I get that. But then also, why were we so excited for FTR to come into AEW? Chris,
0: We were excited for them to come into AEW because they'd be finally having serious matches and serious angles. And the idea was that AEW was a place where it was not going to be devoid of humor and a joyless watch or anything like that. But it was going to be more serious and like just to kind of add to your point here. Dude, you know if you're gonna go after camp, that's fine. You end the episode though with credits, Saturday Night Live style, and a giant COVID party in the ring. Everyone waving and stuff. to just reach for a Saturday Night Live gimmick.
1: Yeah, I, the the hot dogs. Look, I don't mind if it's gonna be the snarky baby faces against the uber serious heels in FTR. But that best friend segment made me mad because it's just straight out of what FTR I thought was escaping from.
0: Yeah, the weenies thing. And, and to your point too, they've also referenced the goofy outfits that FTR was supposed mm-hmm. to wear, was going to have to wear in WWE. The the other part of like the over the shoulder stuff that Matt Jackson's doing is, one, is he supposed to be a heel or not? If he's supposed to be a heel, then him doing a joke that we find funny is sort of undermined that. Two... In order to understand that joke, you have to watch The Other Company. Um, and they make so many references that don't work if you're not steeped in WWE's canon, in WWE's mm-hmm. world, and the whole point of watching AEW is to get something different. Like, And the thing I liked about Lucha Underground in its good era is that lucha underground wasn't constantly referencing wwe all i mean there there were some along the way here for sure i i i I, undoubtedly i they're not coming right to top of mind but i'm sure there were but it wasn't doing it on a regular basis the way AEW does
1: things i really liked in aew this week i loved the th2 versus ftr match for what it was i thought uh jack evans kind of playing more acrobatic Ricky Morton was kind of fun to watch.
0: Yes. Who did animal Jack Evans, like try to defend the limb and still go on the offensive and stuff like, no, he, he was really good as the baby face in peril. Uh, Here's an I, idea
1: though, Jim Ross, don't bury them as they're coming out. Wow. They've been on dark a lot. <laughs>
0: Oh, here's an idea. Them. Don't bury them. Jim Ross is sort of an evergreen comment about oh, Jim yeah. Ross on commentary with, with, these days. With the,
1: uh, with the naked gun broadcast booth with 20 people in it at the same time. Come on, guys. It, it's time for Ross to go. Stop this. It's killing. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that. Excalibur came in with the save with the, uh, with the win streak thing. I, yeah, I, but I enjoyed this match for I was. I like and again, I I like the gimmick that FTR is going to defend against Babyface or heel in this 20 minute challenge thing.
0: Yeah. No, I I mean, I mean it makes sense, especially if you're trying to establish them as the top heels and, and as the people that everyone hates. I, like it, they need to be the heels that even the other heels hate.
1: The other thing that I really liked in AEW this week, uh again, the guy who tickles my needs in professional wrestling as usual. Cody Rhodes and that dog collar match. That thing was manly as hell too. I loved it. I loved the blood. I loved it. it was vicious. I would have liked a little bit more build for it to be kind of a blood feud, maybe for the anniversary show, but I understand why they did it now.
0: But, well, why did they do it now? It enlightened me because it did feel rushed to me.
1: Um, To, to hype the Orange Casty versus... Cody match for next week, pretty much, and build up Cody as 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 something. I think they may actually belt Orange Casty
0: next week. Oh, and have Cody Oh, okay. Alright. That's interesting. That's interesting. I thought it was a little too quick to close the circuit on the Brody Cody storyline. I
1: understand that. I, I think that's a I think that's a good criticism to be honest with you i would much rather let this thing breathe a little more
0: um, and i think well, the dark order as well has kind of lost momentum as it, a narrative idea well, john
1: I, I, silver's a comedy guy yes and,
0: and it's no knock on silver i i like i just he's that was a casting character mistake, not from silver, but just having someone who's like Brody's goober like that. They were much better when they were a bunch of like broken guys who were kind of like molded together and more powerful in a pack.
1: Yeah. As opposed to guys who really like chilies.
0: right. Yes. From,
1: FD, from, uh, being the elite things of that nature. Yeah. I, I get that. I, uh, but the match itself, I really enjoyed. It was very. I liked bringing Greg Valentine in to watch. I did not like cutting back to Greg Valentine during the watching, where he had to act concerned. But um, I'm I'm always here to see Greg. I, I, they I like their connections to history, and they and there are times, especially with Cody, where he wants to be connected to history. So I appreciated that.
0: Yeah. No. I I, I liked this match. I I think that dynamite is going to blood too often on a weekly basis Ooh. on the show. Okay. Continue expound. Um I I just think that uh you know they're they're using color just a little too often. It's not like uh, I'm like, "Oh god, this is too ah, uh, too much. It's just I'm I'm expecting blood spots now. Um rather than going, "Oh, they, they did a blood spot."
1: Right. Yeah, okay. I c- I can see that. I Yeah, I like my blood with blood feuds rather than just in any old match, just to make it seem intense.
0: And yeah, you have to do blood in a dog collar match too. I like so I, I get I get the dual intentions. I, I this is why I just think that this needed more time to build up, and we really needed to like earn the dog collar stuff a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I I, th- I thought you know Cody comes back, but he's been injured and he's not sure of himself. He runs through a few members of the Dark Order first to then get to Brody. Like Brody says, hey. Where was my
0: training montage? Like this is the perfect opportunity Mm -hmm. for an 80s style training montage.
1: I agree. It's a perfect chance to, you know, have him, you know, do do a Colt Cabana match here where Colt's still kind of the reluctant Dark Order guy. And you can further his story a bit here. You know, you go through 10 and five and beaver the beaver boys boy the um, cool
0: cabana storyline really has lost momentum
1: yeah it has
0: yeah um, i mean they'll continue on it at some point here but there's there's a rhythm you want with stories and it seems like some of the stories they were running through dark order have kind of lost rhythm even anna jay to a certain extent um great launch of her uh but she hasn't been on dynamite uh, in a couple weeks
1: yeah I, I agree there i liked the will hobbs elevation
0: Yes, um, yeah, that's no, the way, I, I that's agree. That's the way
1: to do a loss slash squash to me with that guy. And then teaming him with Darby is going to be fun, I think.
0: Teaming him with Darby is, is going to be really good, um, especially I, eventually I'm sure they'll be spun off from Moxley and just Darby and Hobbs, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, good good tandem, uh, good babyface energy there. Uh, great job of the story. I like that commentary uh Excalibur relays the story about Will Hobbs which is extremely touching and it like breaks Taz for a second because he's kind of like oh I don't want to heal on that like that it, the story about how Will Hobbs became yeah, a yeah it was wrestler.
1: ill-timed oh he, his brother was shot and <laughs> <just like, laughs> oh Excalibur no, now was was is not the because
0: Taz is a good guy and he, he's like I'm not going to heal on that which is like yeah. going like oh what what does this man do with that
1: <laughs> I mean, between that the Ricky Skaggs comment versus Ricky Starks.
0: Ricky uh, Skaggs
1: is a bluegrass artist, and Jim Ross just called him Ricky Skaggs right at the table. But between that, I mean, Excalibur was doing yeoman's work this week.
0: Yes. And yes. now
1: the one thing we must bury because it ticks off a listener to the show. Kenny Omega's a terrible promo.
0: Yeah, no, and it's been multiple weeks now. Like, mm. I, I think the the results are in, the data is in, and facts are facts. Kenny Omega is a bad promo. It's mm. bad,
1: and and especially now that he's uh, he's he's going more and more dramatic about it. It just it just shows that he's playing to the back of he he d- he has that Al Pacino scenery chewing thing going.
0: I it's the same thing that has always been true in his matches. When the match calls for a big performance, Omega's your guy cuz Omega's got the big performance. But when you he'll want him to shake
1: his head, he'll open his mouth, everything will be 10 times bigger than it has to be on television. Yes.
0: If you want the amplifier at 10, he can he could turn that amplifier to 10, but you got scratchy pots when you try to bring it down to like 5 or 6 or whatever. Like this is not a guy with, you know, a medium setting. Uh, he does not do a subdued performance. It's it's always hard. It's it's a heavy performance.
1: That's all I got for AEW. Did you want anything else out of it?
0: Um, just taking a look here. Oh, MJF and uh, Jericho. They th- this is a slow Jericho face turn, right? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Doctor I-
1: Luther was uh, some uh, rough seas, but. Uh... Dude, it's his 30th anniversary, he can do what he wants.
0: Yeah, no. Uh I I, I agree. Um I I just it, it was it was fine. Uh it, it, as you said, it was like a festival of friendship sort of thing here. And uh yeah, that's all I got for AEW. I'll
1: bounce around a bit the two NXTs. Uh I'm I'm I hated the state of the union from Kaylee Ray because it broke down like every WWE segment does, but I'm here for Ginny and Kaylee Ray as a uh, This is
0: a pre-taped show, and that that breakdown managed to drag. Edit that thing to be punchy, please. I mean, but
1: between that and the and the Nina Samuel leaving her partner angle that then blew up again during that whole thing.
0: Yeah, I and- know. I mean, okay, so if you want to make the Amel Nina Samuels thing kind of intriguing... Here's what needed to happen there. After the match, we go backstage and we get an interview from Amel who says something about this. Um, and you kind of set the table so that now it's clear that she's actually a baby face because when you know, she came out, she was acting heelish it or whatever. It worked
1: together to beat up Piper Niven. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. And then you had, um, look, I, if I'm WWE, And I'm not. I get Zaya Brookside stateside as soon as I can, and I push her to the moon. But they don't do pure babyface as well. They don't do young babyface as well.
0: I would love to have Zaya Brookside in a feud against Bailey, where Bailey yes. sees Zaya Brookside yes. and sees everything she absolutely hates that is um, and all thinking. the things she used to be. Yeah. Oh,
1: look how perky you are. Look how friendly you are. And she just I wants to, to be destroy like her. And it's yeah. just, it's just familiarity breeding contempt. And she's looking at her from five or six years ago, and she's just seething. Oh, Chris, I want that. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, who would I want to see here? oh, I want to see Bailey and Zia Brookside like tomorrow. Yeah. A, as no. a feud because it'd be great. That that feud on SmackDown didn't do a lot for me. I liked the chair shots and stuff, but uh the promo work <laughs> It was
0: so lazy. It was such a way was lazy way to get out of that match. Yeah.
1: It was.
0: <laughs> I'm just like I'm like, well, oh, oh gee, why didn't I think of that earlier? <laughs> Chris, <despite laughs> why not do that every time? You'll never lose the belt.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, champion should do that all the time.
0: <laughs> um, I thought the rounds match uh, from the Heritage Cup was kind of fun. Oh, like, it was I, fantastic. I, I yeah, I, thought, I like, like that I format. Loved
1: a, I think A Kid and uh, and Flash Morgan Webster have great chemistry. I loved the slapping at the end.
0: I liked that, uh, the momentum loss at the end of a round, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was saying I was interested and intrigued to see how they were going to use the rounds format to tell stories. And I like that Flash Morgan Webster, if he had just been able to close the deal at the end of, I don't know, like round three or round four or whatever, um, there was a point where he was really kind of putting a kid on his heels, uh, but time ran out. If Flash had been able to do, win it there, he would have won the match, but instead he wasn't able to close the deal, um, and so he ended up losing the match. I, I like It was fun. It was a really cool match.
1: We had another entry into the mystery of who is attacking Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster.
0: Yeah. What do you know? Uh, the hunt was
1: on the scene again,
0: Chris. Yeah, but they weren't in suits this time, Jeff, so it could be anyone.
1: Well, they did tease the Eddie Dennis appearance at the top of the stairs there, but.
0: Uh, oh, see? You are getting swerved that this is all planned by Eddie. Oh, you know what this is? It's pretty deadly. Be-
1: it's pretty deadly, the entire No, here's time. the deal, though.
0: Here's the deal. Dennis is going to try to frame the hunt. That's what's going to happen here.
1: If they did that, if they could pull that off. I'd I'd love it because the Indy Hartwell thing is clever as hell too.
0: Oh, the Indy Hartwell thing, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you're like, Did you watch the Battle Royal? and I was like, No, it's just a 15 minute time filler. And and the Indy Hartwell moment made me feel really stupid. I was like, Wow, that, that if I, I wish I'd been kind of paying attention to this because this is a really nice little Easter egg thing. <laughs> and like I like Indy Hartwell. I think she's I think she's got something, you know, at least in terms of characterization. I, she's,
1: I loved the TV because i just because just johnny before what that who's that who's Who's she ever ever beat beat? (laughs) (laughs) and then and then oh i thought it was absolutely brilliant to have a usb drive in the box that he could put in the tv and show indy hartwell highlighted during the battle royale as opposed to him just happening to notice indy hartwell in the battle royale that was That's one of the smarter things WWE has done in a long, long time.
0: No, and it's such an interesting piece of characterization, too. Because, like, it could be... Hartwell could be any number of characters, right? Like, she could be kind of, like, the crazy stalker person. She could be really just trying to, like, learn the Gargano way. Like, there's just a number of different directions they could take this. And and I'm with you. I, I loved... When he's like, "Who'd she ever beat?" The answer, of course, to that Jeff is that she beat Shashi Blackheart, which I love because Indy Hartwell like was screaming that out during matches and stuff. Um, I, I'm excited to see where this character twist is going.
1: Yeah, uh, we went over Drake and and Killian. I Dexter <laughs> <Mr>. Loomis. Okay, <laughs> I did like the run in by. Uh... Cameron Grimes. I, uh, Cameron Grimes is my favorite mid card, cocky delusional heel. The problem is, you can't do delusional heel comedy and Gargano comedy and Drake Maverick comedy on the same show.
0: No. And if one had to go, it would be obviously Drake Maverick. But a, just a complete misusage of both of these guys. Um,
1: that is main roster bad comedy it it really
0: them. is uh it's not helping it's not helping drake maverick at all but it's not helping killian dane like oh he's got a heart after all oh, great drake maverick's a dork okay. yes it's
1: it's going to be weeks of killian dane killing maverick and maverick basically ragdolling for the pin after getting power bombed and all these other things and then it turns out well i really like the toughness of the little guy
0: <laughs> you know, oh, I think we're already at that, but I still think their finishing move is going to be him powerbombing <laughs> Drake Maverick onto people.
1: I'll tell you uh, the other thing uh, of the two NXT shows that that I thought was a little underappreciated that I, that I liked. I like, I really like the dichotomy of, um, the Walter crew. Can't remember the name right now.
0: Are so. You talking about Imperium?
1: Imperium, thank you. Okay. Imperium kind of being the white-collar villains and Gallus being the blue-collar villains. I, yes. I dig that. I, I think that's that's a good dynamic, and that's why I've always liked heel versus heel feuds, like when those two groups fight, because it's such a class system type thing that goes that underappreciated, especially, especially for NXT UK, which can do that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. I think it, it gives... An interesting wrinkle to the Gallus firm uh, whenever they want to. I, I like want to call them the Gallus farm because it always sounds like at the provost, but they're the Gallus firm. Uh, whenever they need to work as slight baby faces, you always have that blue collar thing to lean into. And I, I like that. Um and kind of conversely, too, if you ever need to slightly babyface Imperium, they're the guys who, you know, care about tradition and stuff in, this, in the sport of traditional wrestling. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you have you have ways of putting a wrinkle into both of these groups that is admirable as narratively necessary and also a way of pulling that wrinkle out whenever you need to.
1: Like, like gals are going to be the guys where if Imperium became way too powerful, they're going to turn and help the babyfaces because it's like, hey, we're all in this together kind of thing. We're in yeah, like Ilian Dragunov. Yeah. Um, oh, I know the one thing we forgot when we were talking about the main roster and also the news. Uh, the leader of Retribution has been revealed, Chris. Uh, oh, yeah. they've also lost a member of Retribution. It appears it appears Mercedes Martinez is no longer a part of Retribution, which I find sad, but I'm also a little relieved because I don't think they could do two heel women in the stable correctly i think they they are better off just with the one representative who's female and mia yim but uh
0: mercedes martinez was skull crowbar right
1: yeah i i I think she was that was her name she was uh retaliation i think
0: snake motorcycle
1: snake yeah i think she belongs in a group like retribution she she's just so big and imposing Uh, I don't know. She would have been a
0: great leader. It's weird to add in someone from the main roster. um, Never mind Ali. But when you have so many members in retribution and so many people in retribution who make sense as a leader character.
1: Yeah. And she's been such a veteran. I don't want to see her back with Robert Stone. And Aaliyah, please. I I just I want to see her be a badass. I'd love to see her and Shayna be a team to be honest with you. But yeah, Ali is the now the leader of Retribution, revealed. A lot of people doing the booking in their heads of the, the hacker angle being connected. Let's not go that far. I, I am a little bit fascinated by the socio-political aspect of this, um, mostly because you have, in one angle, a former cop, the African-American stable... And the Antifa knockoff.
0: Yeah, no, it's like a postmodern commentary on American politics that doesn't well, actually went, make any yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a Hunter S. Thompson sort of postmodern wrestling angle acid trip on American politics. Um, it It's a strange, strange angle. Uh, I, and I don't
1: think you can comment on it either because it just becomes too dicey. From China, if you mention that Ali is a former police officer,
0: right? In and this that, angle. like, that this group is presented as Antifa, yes, but in like the negative light of Antifa, as in like in almost a para domestic terrorist sort of group, um, like th- th- everything that they're fighting with the hurt business, uh, <laughs> that Ricochet and Apollo are going to go and try to make nicey nice with them, apparently, next week. I, I just Oh, this is weird. Uh
1: Rosenkrantz and Gildenstern are gonna get killed again?
0: Yeah, no, um I was seeing on uh, Twitter, uh, and maybe this is just Twitter talk, but Ricochet was like, Oh, I need to talk to Ali about this. I don't know that I agree with what <laughs> Ali's doing. I'm like, yes.
1: Geek Geeks are gonna get beaten down you again. You nerd. The ricochet the, give him that high draft spot on Raw, but I, I saw some chatter about oh, this means they're gonna use him. Finally. No, well, it's, no, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> it you it think doesn't Dana mean Brooke got
1: drafted on TV because they're gonna use her that much? No, it's just they're gonna they're gonna close that gap on the story type thing.
0: They don't oh. care about his 6:30 centon uh, at all. Like like that, they're already over it. I, I I love him. He's a great wrestler, but they're already over all this flash.
1: Oh, and sporadically since since we've been all over the since I've been just disheveled in terms of actually having a rundown here. You think they're sending a message to Lana?
0: <laughs> no, I, I. What leads you to believe that, Jeff?
1: I, I don't know. Three weeks through a table.
0: <laughs> this, this week's was really funny though, right? Like uh, oh I mean, they Lord. they really made it a point to be like, no, 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 Lana goes through the table.
1: Thank you for your loyalty. We know you. You know, we're not gonna. We're not gonna say anything about your husband going to work for the competition. We're just saying, if you really loved us here in WWE, you'd let Nia Jax put you through the tape.
0: Well, okay, so it's not about Lana, right? What What it's about in doing this to Lana is sending a message to everyone else on the roster of yeah. this is what's going to happen. This is the reasonable expectation if you ever did something like this.
1: Oh, Cedric, you think about going to AEW to join your girlfriend, Big Swole? <laughs> no, I, I don't think they've gotten that far. I don't think they know that they, uh, to date. But yeah, that's just. Boy. <laughs> take away her Twitch account, take away her social media, and you put her through a table for three weeks. How's that for loyalty?
0: Oh, she'll Sucked. be going through a table again next week, too.
1: I mean. I'm here for Lana as Cactus Jack and being hardcore (laughs) coming down to the ring with a kendo stick and blue jeans and smoking a cigarette and popping a beer and coming out to inner Sandman.
0: I like those old WCW, uh, pay-per-views where Stan Hansen's on. He's like actually spitting real chewing tobacco (laughs) on people as he's walking out.
1: I'm here for Lana (laughs) spitting, chewing tobacco. Yeah. I want Lana to be, to be, you know, Early to mid-90s hardcore legend. That's what I want. I'm kind of here for that, to be honest with you. It,
0: it would just... be really funny if at the, the end of this, she turns the tables on Shayna and Naya and just goes hardcore on them and, like... At least in that case.
1: Here we go. She gets pissed off. And she yeah. goes to the back to Raw Underground. And she starts breaking Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke's arms. And she starts slugging. And she gets Baba Tunde in there. And a <laughs> camel clutch. Or and gets him to choke out, too. And she becomes the baddest bitch on Raw.
0: Yeah. She, I would have her tap out Strowman. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. what
1: I want. That's what I want. Yeah. Strowman loses to Roman next week on the season premiere. They both end up in Raw Underground, and Lana taps him out in under 30. That's yeah. what I want.
0: Yeah. Shoots the legs. Strowman goes down. Doesn't Shoots know what hits him.
1: Legs. Continue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sharon sure doesn't know it hits him. He's looking left. He's looking right. He's reaching for the corner here. A lot grabs that arm and just puts on the Fujiwara armbar, one of the snuggest you've ever seen, and just breaks that arm.
1: <laughs> no one will ever say Lana shoots the leg. <laughs> ever. Oh God. Oh, I needed that. Uh I think we'll we'll end on that high note. <laughs> I'm not high, Chris might be. Uh- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to thank our sponsors, MyBookie. Use code ROPES, double your first deposit. Also, Keeps use code SHAKE ROPES, get your first order for free. It's politics season. I've made my platform. I want squashes to be dominant again. There's actually real politics going on. Chris is following them and doing a podcast about them.
0: Yeah, if you want to catch my review of the first presidential debate, that's up at Don'tWorry.TV. But I also just put out today, so it's available as you're listening to this, over at Don'tWorry.TV on iTunes and on Stitcher, the Don't Worry About the Government podcast about the vice presidential debate. So I talk about Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Go in-depth. I've got a whole bunch of clips and all that sort of jazz in there. If you didn't watch the debate... Or if you want the debate to make a little bit more sense, I do find actually hearing it in clips and snippets, and I've found that to be a lot more useful than watching it as one straight product. So hopefully you will too over at Don'tWorry.TV.
1: You can follow me at CrapGame13. You can follow Chris at ChrisNovembrino. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Network at Voices Wrestling on Twitter. Lots of great shows to listen to. Please go to our sponsors. Have a great weekend.
0: Joe Lanza can't trade me away.